Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, podcast, and our free 633 event when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook and his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 called Prophecy, Church, and Tongues. First Corinthians chapter 14, and the title is Prophecy, Tongues, and Order in the Church. And as Pastor Michael has been teaching you uh, with the spiritual gifts, and then, of course, in 1 Corinthians 13, um, love, uh, it's been about unity in the church, hasn't it? That's really what Paul was teaching. And, you know, it's such a beautiful thing. I was sharing with uh, the group this morning uh, that meets in here before church that what a wonderful thing to come back to living truth and see the body of Christ in action and then be able to see it on another side going to a new church and uh, watching the love of Christ working there too. And I think sometimes we forget that there's a universal body of Christ, that it's not just here at Living Truth. And this message this morning, a lot of this uh, that, that I may be encouraging you is things that you are already doing here at Living Truth. And it's wonderful to see. But it's really a message for the whole body and a message of unity. Now, you have already been taught by Pastor Michael that all the spiritual gifts are for today, correct? So hopefully I don't have to convince anybody uh, because Pastor Michael has given you all the biblical arguments that all the spiritual gifts are in order in the church today. But what did you learn that is more important than even your spiritual gifts? In chapter 13, love, love. And what kind of love is that? Agape love. Yes, here I am back speaking of agape love. And so many of you know because I've spent so much time teaching those chapters. And, and it's the key to unity in the body, agape love. And that love is the kind of love that is not self-serving but is serving others. That which is I love that I give to others without expectation of anything in return. And yes, once again, I'm going to say, what's the only way that you can demonstrate that kind of love? Through what? Oh, you were doing so good until right then. <laughs> the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot love that way in the flesh. So we want to make sure that we're straight on that before we get into the text this morning uh, and, and understand these two gifts that Pastor Michael did put off until this morning. Uh, when he spoke in chapter 12 on spiritual gifts. And as Pastor Michael also taught you, these gifts have a purpose. They're for the building up of the body of Christ. So now Paul is going to educate the Corinthians, which means he's also educating the Coronians, right? And yes, even the Prescottonians. He's going to speak to all of us about the proper use of prophecy and tongues in the church today. And why prophecy is a superior gift in the church. Now, these two gifts are often linked together in Scripture. You may have noticed that. And they always seem to be surrounded in controversy. And really, I have to say frankly, that controversy is really due to people's ignorance. They haven't studied the gifts. They don't really understand them. Or some preconceived notions that they may have. And that may be due to some experiences they've had they really shouldn't be controversial at all because they're explained very thoroughly in the Word of God. So as we look at this chapter, hopefully we're going to clear up some of the confusion that people have on these gifts. 
and get a true biblical perspective of how they are to operate in the church today and why you need to understand it. You may be thinking, oh, do I really need this? The answer is yes, you do. I mean, Paul spends an entire chapter on it. So yes, you need to know them. You need to understand them. And I do want to say that though I have spent a tremendous amount of time on this particular subject. How many of you in here have actually ever taken the spiritual gifts class when I taught it? Anybody still left because I didn't teach it in a while? Um, I've spent a ton of time. I taught the, the uh, spiritual gifts class here at Living Truth for, for many years. And out of that, thanks to some suggestions from people in the congregation, I actually wrote a book on the spiritual gifts. And so I've spent a tremendous amount of time, but I have to tell you, every time I get back and study and prep to teach on this again, I realize how much I don't know. There's so much I don't know. It's still a mystery to me in many ways, but God does have a lot to teach us. And today I have three really main goals for you. One is that you would get a good understanding of tongues and prophecy, the two gifts that you haven't covered yet. Two is for you to understand their proper use in the church today. And then three is to encourage you to earnestly seek after any gift um, and including these two that God may want to give you. So those are the three goals as we uh, look at the teaching this morning. Now Paul, when he was talking about these, he didn't have to define the gifts because they already knew what they were. But I, I knew that coming in here today, there may be some people here, this is going to be brand new to you. You may never have even uh, looked at what spiritual gifts really are. And so we want to define our terms first so that you know. So the two gifts that we're talking about today is tongues and prophecy. And whenever we say tongues, some of you are already conjuring up weird stuff in your mind. It's so funny. Uh, you're, you're like, maybe you've been to a church and they did this and you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. But tongues, very simply, is the word glossa uh, in Greek. And uh, Strong's definition is this, of uncertain infinity. Not, I, I don't even want to get into all what that is. But the tongue, by implication, a language. And I know Pastor Michael mentioned that in chapter 12. It's languages, but Strong says this also. Especially one naturally unacquired. One naturally unacquired. That's important to understand. Uh, one of my favorite translators is a guy named Kittle. He has a 10-volume book on Greek words. It's amazing. Um, he says this about tongues. He says, An expression which in speech or manner is strange, and you're like, yeah, get that part, and obscure, uh-huh, and needs explanation. So strange, obscure, and needs explanation, and that's, that's true. Now, in the, in the Bible, there are some different examples of tongues. And the one, of course, that we're probably most familiar with is in Acts chapter 2. I'm not going to have you turn there because we don't have time today. But in Acts chapter 2, uh, the disciples were gathered together and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began to speak in languages, but the languages they spoke in were known languages. And there were all these people from different areas around them that were there. And they were hearing the disciples speak in these languages, which were their languages. They understood what was being said. But they looked at these guys and they went, well, these guys don't know our languages. They're just a bunch of fishermen. They haven't studied our languages. But they heard them in their own languages. So they were known languages. And then we also see in the Bible that there were languages that are unknown languages. Now, there are Bible scholars who disagree with that and say, no, they're all known languages. 
Um, and, and again, I'm not going to be picky with those people, but I think if you look at some of the examples, and you could turn later into Acts 19.6, um, that you'll see that there were languages that were not known. And, you know, the interesting thing about tongues is, did you know that Jesus spoke about that? Most people who teach in the spiritual gifts never even mention that the first mention in the Bible of speaking in tongues is by Jesus. And it's in Mark 16. I'm going to read it to you. Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. You guys remember that part, right? We all seem to remember that. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. He didn't say specifically the disciples. He said those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Now, I've got to clear up something real quickly this does not mean that you're supposed to go out and play with snakes and go, oh, they can't hurt me because I'm a believer. The Bible says, no, no, no. That's not what that was about. And many people who have done that and call it a religious practice have died from snake bites. I I'm sorry, but that was pretty dumb on their part. Um, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, though, that when you're out ministering the gospel, these things can happen to you, and oftentimes God will protect you, and we see that throughout the book of Acts. But he says specifically, they will speak in new tongues. Now the word new here is kainos in Greek, and it means new, especially in freshness. It means new. It means it hasn't been spoken before. So for those that would teach, no, they were all known languages, I can't agree with that. Jesus specifically said, you're going to speak new languages, ones that people don't know. We'll also see in this chapter that Tongues were sometimes manifest in situations that weren't really truly the exercise of the spiritual gift. And this is an important concept today. To understand that sometimes uh, God does things very specifically for a very specific purpose, but it's not truly the exercise of the spiritual gift. It's a manifestation of God's work. So we have tongues. Then we have prophecy. The word in Greek for prophecy is propheteia. And most Greek scholars would agree that it has two meanings. One is to foretell events. When we kind of already know that. Yeah, prophecy, telling the future. In the Old Testament, prophets were often called seers. Seers meant, really, they just see what's going to happen before it happens. And they're able to speak about it. So that's what they were called in the Old Testament. But it also means just to speak under divine inspiration or foretelling. So a lot of people would say, well, anytime a, a pastor gets up in the pulpit, it's really prophecy because he's foretelling. He's speaking for God and he's preaching the word of God. And that's true, but I don't think in the largest sense that's really what we talk about when we talk about the gift of prophecy. Um, I think it's more has to do with being able to speak for God and saying things that, um, that you might not be able to know other than God gives you special um, examples of that. But again, I'm not going to nitpick into those areas. Now, I like Thayer's definition of this, and I think it helps us to understand it really well. He says it's a discourse emanating from divine inspiration or coming from divine inspiration, declaring, and, and this is pretty specific, declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving and admonishing the wicked 
or comforting the afflicted or revealing things hidden, especially by foretelling future events. That's the definition Thayer, who's one of the great Greek scholars. You'll hear more from Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook in a moment. Well, folks, this is Pastor Michael, and hey, I want to express my appreciation on behalf of the staff of Walk in Truth and uh, just the the wonderful things that have been going on in this radio ministry. Many of you have reached out to us recently. You've uh, joined us in listening to podcasts. You've given to the ministry, and we deeply appreciate it. And I have to tell you that this is not my favorite topic, but we have to talk about it, and it is the topic of money. And here's the deal. We are at our fiscal year as a ministry, and so we look at everything, and we have to look at what radio stations we're going to remain on. And just to be blunt with you, we're going to have to make some tough decisions unless we get more support. And so if you've been thinking about supporting us, if you're able to give us either monthly support or a one-time gift that could help boost us, we want to add and we don't want to subtract. And I'm just putting it on the table here, but... Um, We do have to make some tough decisions if we don't have more support. And so that's just the way it is. That's the reality of life. That's the reality of that radio time does cost. And so if you're being blessed by this program, I'm just going to ask you to prayerfully consider reaching out to us today. We do need to hear from you soon uh, because we are going to be making some decisions about uh, where we continue to broadcast. So reach out to us at walkintruth.com. You can give online there, walkintruth.com. Or call us at 844-48-TRUTH. Would you also do me a favor and be praying? Be praying that God will give us wisdom on what we should be doing and be praying that the Lord would bring in the support so that we can keep going. We, we have a passion to do what we're doing. We deeply appreciate your partnership with us. So reach out to us. We'd appreciate it. Walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. God bless you. We appreciate you very much. Now, back to Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook on Walk in Truth. Now, I like Thayer's definition of this, and I think it helps us understand it really well. He says it's a discourse emanating from divine inspiration or coming from divine inspiration, declaring, and, and this is pretty specific, declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving and admonishing the wicked or comforting the afflicted or revealing things hidden, especially by foretelling future events. That's the definition Thayer, who's one of the great Greek scholars, gives. So you have definitions now of those two gifts that we're going to speak about today. So let's just have a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into the text. So Lord, we just pray this morning that as we get into this uh, text of this chapter, Lord, that you will speak, and Lord, that we will have ears to hear and listen to what the Spirit says to the church. In Jesus' name. Amen. So verse 1, pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. So right away we see three things about tongues. Number one, Tongues is for man to speak to God, not the other way around. And this is so important because I know that many of you have been exposed to um, an abuse of the gift of tongues or even false tongues, and it often comes out as though it's God speaking to man through tongues. That's not the purpose of tongues. 
It's not the spiritual gift of tongues. Now, tongues sometimes does accompany prophecy, and it did in Acts chapter 2. So a person might be able to give a prophecy after tongues, but it's not what the person is saying. Tongues is man speaking to God. If you get that right, then you'll be able to recognize uh, false uses of tongues. Number two is speaking from one spirit, basically bypassing the intellect. And we'll see that in verse 14. We'll get to it a little more, but it's speaking from your spirit, bypassing the intellect. Now, some of you right away are going, that's why I never want that gift. Okay, I don't want to not use my mind. But I think after a while and we get through this, you'll see that it can be helpful. Number three, with tongues, we speak mysteries. In other words, we don't understand, but God does. And that's the important thing. When we're speaking in tongues, we will not necessarily understand what's being said unless we have another gift that I'll talk about in a minute, and that's the gift of interpretation. But most people, and I will just say up front, this is not my gift. I prayed for this gift for 30 years. And I pleaded with God, God, why won't you give me this gift? He didn't explain. He just said, as he often does to me, my grace is sufficient for you. So I'm just saying that up front. But I have hundreds, literally hundreds of friends that do speak in tongues. And they don't know what they're saying because they don't have the gift of interpretation. It bypasses the intellect. It's in your spirit. But Paul says in verse 3, one who prophesies speaks to men. So we have this man speaking to God, that's tongues. God speaking to man, that's prophecy. Okay? So he says, one who prophesies speaks to man for edification, exhortation, and consolation. So we see three purposes of prophecy here. We already know God is speaking to man. Now, by the way, that's man and woman and um, He's doing that through another man or woman. Okay, so when God's speaking to man of prophecy, it's through a man or, or a woman. And yes, women can prophesy. We'll get to that. So three purposes of prophecy. One is um, it edifies or builds up. That word edify is okadome, and it means to build up as in construction. So we have some construction guys here. So they know what it is to build something up from the ground up. And that's really what prophecy does. It builds up in our faith from the ground up. Number two, it exhorts. That word is paraklesis. Now you know paraklete, parakletos. That's the Holy Spirit, right? The one who comes alongside. And so this word means that prophecy comes alongside of us in for encouragement, just like the Holy Spirit does, for comfort, uh, consolation, exhortation, and urging. So for all of those reasons, we get prophecy. Then thirdly, it consoles. Now we already said console, but it, this is a different word. It's called paramuthia. And this is a neat word because it denotes a real tenderness. I don't know that I've ever thought of prophecy in that way, that prophecy can be tender. Oftentimes, we think of prophecy as the warnings that we get, right? The guy in the street corner who says he's a prophet and he's warning you all that you're going to hell if you don't accept Christ. Um, that's not too comforting. That's not too consoling. That's not too tender. But prophecy can be tender as well. So verse 4, 
One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Verse 5, Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edifying. So look, Paul is not discouraging the use of tongues at all here. But he's just going to explain in these next few verses why prophecy is considered a greater gift in the church. And he does bring the one exception, and that is when there is interpretation. And I've been in services where there has been tongues and there's been proper interpretation. Sometimes in a known language, which is always nice because then we can be sure if the interpretation is right, we ask a person who speaks that language, but other times in an unknown language. Now, when I've taught the class in spiritual gifts, this question always comes up, and it's really a good question. The question is, okay, if tongues only edifies the person, I thought all the spiritual gifts are supposed to edify the whole body, so how is that considered really a spiritual gift? That's a really good question. And I think there's two ways that that question is answered. Number one is, if a person uses the gift of tongues, they're, they're praying through the Spirit, not through their intellect, but if you talk to people who have done that, it's a really refreshing thing in their life. They know that whatever came out, even though they don't know what it is, that it was directed by the Holy Spirit and that God will answer that prayer. So what happens to that person? They get built up. They get encouraged. Now remember, each of us, and there's a chapter on this that Peter wrote about, that we're all living stones in this building that's being built up. That's one way to look at the body of Christ. Well, you know, if the stone next to you is all fired up for the Lord because of their experience in tongues that they've just had maybe in their prayer time, they're going to encourage you, right? Whenever one person in the body is built up, they're going to encourage another person. So in that way, it does edify to the body, not directly, but in an indirect way. You're listening to Prophecy, Church, and Tongues, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Remember, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we appreciate anything you can give to help us broadcast and podcast our program. Our mission is to equip you with the knowledge of the Bible in a way that you can reach out with others that are struggling. Please make sure to visit walkintruth.com to learn more about our next free event talking about the pro-life versus pro-choice issue on March 22nd. And again, thanks for contributing to our ministry so we can keep equipping believers like you. Click the donate button on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH to give what you can. Thanks. Here's Pastor Michael. Well, if you've been listening for a while, you know that we just covered the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. And even though we're moving into chapter 14 on spiritual gifts and some specifics there, I want to remind you that you can go back and listen to the True Love series on walkintruth.com. And speaking of true love, I know that we have a lot of questions about how we navigate the practicals, especially in a marriage relationship. So, for example, if you're feeling like your spouse is always being disrespectful says hurtful things. How do you repay that with kindness? How do you not repay evil with evil? If you've got any ideas, write us at walkintruth.com. <laughs> well, I've got some ideas for you, actually, on a serious note. You know, I think the key is to be spirit-filled, and it's also to try to understand why it's happening, 
Maybe something else is going on with your spouse. Maybe there's something be beneath the disrespect, the hurt that's coming from them. Maybe they've been hurt. Maybe there's something that we've got to dig down on a little bit. And one of the ways that you can ask the Lord for help is to pray in that moment before you speak. And maybe just say, hey, what's going on? Uh, Because usually if someone's being hurtful or disrespectful, there's something else going on that we need to get to. So hope that helps. Go back and listen to the True Love series at walkintruth.com because I don't think you can study this chapter too many times. Well, speaking of marriage, we're going to be having a Marriage Matters conference here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth. We're in the city of Corona, and we're doing this Marriage Matters conference on Friday, March the 20th, from 7 to 9 p.m. And we would love to have you come on out if you're part of our listening family or if you attend the church or you've been thinking about coming. What a great time to come and work on your marriage and grow with other couples just like you. It's Marriage Matters, March 20th, 7 to 9 p.m. at Living Truth in Corona, right off the 91 and 15 freeways. 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona is the address right off the 91 and Lincoln Avenue. We're going to have child care for that evening. You can call 844-48-TRUTH to get more information. Let us know you're coming. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, thanks so much for listening, praying, and partnering with us. We'll catch you next time on Walking Truth. Tune in tomorrow for part two of Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 called Prophecy, Church, and Tongues. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walking Truth today. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.